Well, good morning, everybody. I'm so excited that we're going to be starting a new series today called Breaking Free. And uh, I'm going to get to that in just a second. But at this point, you may be wondering, why in the world am I not here in the physical? You're wondering, why am I just on a, a screen? And I understand that. And so I just want to give you a little heads up about what's going on. Uh, I am actually in El Salvador and uh, our church has been supporting a ministry down there called Abigail Association, and, and we've been partnering with them, and it's just been a great partnership. But one of the things that we're doing uh, this weekend is hosting a little over 100 pastors that we are investing in and just loving on and training and equipping, because one of the things that we really have felt in our hearts is we want to always meet needs of people. Of course, we want to build houses, and of course, we want to do medical missions and all those kinds of things. But one of the things we also want to be able to do is invest in the local leadership, invest in the indigenous pastors that are there, because that's how we're really going to have exponential impact. And so I'm just, uh, it's, I, I can tell you, I'm so excited to be able to share with you all the stories when I get back. But that's one of the reasons that you're seeing me on a screen right now uh, as we start this new series. The other thing that I think is important that you know is that in church, technology can be a very helpful thing to us in expanding the gospel. And, and, and so I don't know if you've ever been to a church where the preacher was on a screen. And some of us like hate that. And some of us don't love that. You know, it doesn't bother us at all. And, and I just want to say to you, one of the things that's important to us as a church is we want to be able to expand. And sometimes technology can help us expand. And so I just want to push you a little bit today and say, hey, I'm still here. I'm still giving you the word of God. And so I just want you to engage. I want you to be fully present because when we begin to expand as a church, sometimes we might have to use this kind of technology to help us do the things God has called us to do. So just keep that in mind as we're going. And so treat this like a normal service. If you say amen normally, you go ahead and do that. If you, if you clap, if you high five, whatever it is, come on pastor, whatever that is you do, you just fully engage in what we're doing. And I promise God is gonna meet you in a really special way. You may not know this about our church, but our mission as a church is to see people transformed by Jesus. That is at the very heart of who we are as a people. And, and, and one of the things we've figured out is that there's four core values to that that we need to be helping people with that lead to that kind of transformation in their life. And that is, number one, is that they would know God. The number two of that is find freedom. Number three is that they would discover their purpose. And then number four is that they would make a difference. And so today, we're going to be focusing in on that value number two, the finding freedom. Because I don't know if you know this or not, but Jesus didn't come just to save you. Jesus came also to free you. And it's important you get this because, see, see, Jesus isn't just about saving us from hell. He's also about helping to free us from the bondages and strongholds and things that hang us up so that we can be the people that God has called us to be in this world, not just in the next. Now, when we get to the next, it's going to be perfect. 
But in this world, God wants to equip us, strengthen us, free us, empower us for the work that he has called us to do. And you may not know that. And so I'm so excited to be able to share this series with you and share the next four weeks with you. Because I just sensed in my spirit at the very beginning of this year that God wanted to do a work in our church. Because, see, can you imagine a group of people that are not only saved, believing in God, but they're actually free too? Can you imagine the kind of impact we could have on this world? And so I just want to encourage you over the next four weeks to fully engage in what this series is all about because I believe God has something special for each one of us. God has something for you in particular. If you'll give yourself to it, I believe it's going gonna, it's gonna to help you. And so over the next few minutes together, I need to lay the groundwork for this series. Uh, so this series or this particular talk is just going to be talking in general about some of the things that are a part of breaking free from these, quote, strongholds. And I'll define that in just a moment. But today is going to kind of be me laying the groundwork. And then I'm going to share with you a little bit later some of the specifics we're going to get in uh, into as we go on through the series. But I want to share a passage of scripture with you. So Jesus has gone to church. Now, I don't know if you knew that Jesus went to church. Well, they called it the temple. And so Jesus is in the temple. He's a grown man. He walks into the temple and he pulls out the, the scroll of Isaiah, Isaiah 61. And he begins to read from that scroll. And he's really announcing to the people what it's all about, what he's all about and why he's there. And then this is actually found in the Gospel of Luke. And so if you're following along, or if you're not, it'll be on the screen. Uh, if you're following in your Bibles, you can do that as well. But Luke chapter 4, verse 18, listen to this. Jesus is speaking. He's grabbed the scroll of Isaiah and he's speaking. He says, the Spirit of the Lord is on me. He says, because he has anointed me to proclaim the good news to the poor. See, this is important. It's called good news for a reason. It's not called bad news. And a lot of times when we come to church, that's what we feel. And I just want to say to you today, it's good news that Jesus came into the world. It's good news for you. Because see, what that means is, is that you can be saved. That's what that means. And so Jesus came to save us as well. Because all of us have been poor in spirit, especially when it comes to the sin in our lives. And so Jesus came to proclaim good news to us. And then finally, look at the next part. He says, and he has sent me to proclaim, look at this, freedom for the prisoners and recovery of sight for the blind. Look at this. And to set the oppressed, look at it, free to proclaim the year of the Lord's favor. Two different times in that passage, he doesn't just stop with the good news. He moves on and he says, I've also come to set people free. And so part of God's process is not just that we would know God, but that we would also find freedom. And if you read on through the passage, you'll start to discover the next few verses indicate the need to find our purpose and the need to find a difference or make a difference. That's what happens in this. And Jesus is telling the people in the temple exactly what he's about. And see, as a church, that's what we want to be. We want to be that kind of church. We want to be about the things Jesus is about. And so very clearly, he's telling us his ministry is not just salvation. His ministry is also about freedom. Listen to this in Acts chapter 10, verse 38. Now, 
how God anointed Jesus of Nazareth with the Holy Spirit and power and how he went around doing good, and listen to this, healing all who were under the power of the devil because God was with him. Now, what does that mean, to be healing all who were under the power of the devil? Well, if you look at the word, it's that, it's that word that sometimes makes us really uncomfortable and maybe even conjures up all kinds of weird things. Maybe it conjures up like some little girl's head spinning around and pea soup shooting out her mouth. Or maybe it makes you think of banjos. I don't know. But the word is deliverance. It's one of those words that somehow has been hijacked by our culture, but it's an important word. Because, see, God not only wants to save us, he wants to heal us. He wants to deliver us from the things that hold us back. And so very clearly, Jesus is helping us see that he wants to heal us from those things. And then 1 John 3, 8 says it this way. He says, the reason the Son of God appeared was to, look at this, destroy the devil's work. So powerful to think about. The devil is trying to hold us back. You may not even know that. You may not know that yet, that the devil is trying to hold you back. He's trying to steal, kill, and destroy. He's a liar. He's trying to take everything that God wants you. He's trying to convince you that the only thing that Jesus has done for you is save you. And yet, Jesus says, I've done more for you. And that is what I want to talk about because I believe you grab hold of this, you will start to do battle in the spiritual in such a way that you'll begin to take back the things that were stolen from you. You'll begin to identify the things that were stolen from you. And you'll begin to say, you know what? I want that back. I want that back. I'm, I'm tired of giving that over. I'm going to grab hold of it because it's my, my uh, inheritance from God. And so it's something that God wants to give to you. But before we can grab hold of anything, we've got to understand how strongholds can work in our life. We've got to understand what a stronghold is and, and what it's all about. And, and so we're going to be talking just a few minutes about that. But I want to share with you what I would just kind of call the theme verses of this series. And it's found, they're found in, in 2 Corinthians chapter 10, verse 3 through 5. Listen to these words. And this is Paul writing. And he says this, he says, for, for though we live in the world, we do not wage war as the world does. Because see, the world wages war with tanks and bombs and those kinds of things, right? He goes on and he says, the weapons we fight with are not weapons of the world. So he says, it's not, it's not tanks, it's not guns, it's not that. It's something different. He says, on the contrary, they, you, me, have divine power, look at this, to demolish, say it with me, strongholds. That we have the divine power, not your power, but the divine power to be able to demolish strongholds when we demolish the arguments and every pretension whoo, that, that sets itself up against the knowledge of God. That word pretension is like the word pretending. Because see, sometimes in our life we pretend. We think, you know, we're just coming up with stuff that's not even real. In our culture, we do it all the time. We call things real that aren't real. We pretend. And we're trying to understand that we have to see that God has given us the power to overcome those arguments, to overcome those strongholds, to overcome those things that stand in the way of knowing the knowledge of God, which is God's truth, which comes from his word. 
And we need to know what those things are. And God is revealing them to us. Then watch this. And he says, and we take, look at this, captive every thought. And we make it obedient to Christ. Every thought that's in your mind, we are called to take it captive and put it under the authority of God's word so that our thought life will be right. So that our mind will be transformed into the image of God. So that we actually will have, as the Bible says, the mind of Christ. That's what we're looking for. Because see, when we get that, we will start to see the lies. We'll start to see the things around us that are keeping us from what God wants us to have. We will start seeing exactly what the enemy is doing. And then we're able to do some battle. Then we're able to take hold of some things. So here's just kind of a working definition. Here's a working definition of, of what a stronghold is. It's a prisoner locked by deception. It's a prisoner locked by deception. Look at this. Living life by something that is not true. Can you imagine getting to the end of your life and thinking, like it gets revealed to you that everything you lived for was a lie? That's a scary thought. And yet the Bible says that we can know the truth. And my hope for you as you think about what a stronghold is, is that you would begin to ask this, this question is, where have I been deceived? Where, where am I being lied to? Where am I not seeing things clearly? Because God wants to help me see things clearly. Now, now, I know when I talk about this, some of us are like, man, I've got a list of things. I've got a stronghold list. Let me share them with you, Pastor, right? Then some of us are like, I'm good. I, I'm good. But I just want to say to you, I believe the Bible says very clearly that, that all of us have issues. All of us have some problems. And if we're really honest, we probably have some strongholds in our life. And so what I want to encourage you to do over this series and this, this, the remainder of this, even the semester, is to simply put one of them. What's one? What's one thing in your life that you think's got a hold of you, that's deceiving you, that's taking away what God ultimately wants from you? What's that one thing? And you bring it to the Lord and you begin to ask him to show you what's real. Because I believe this, if you'll do this, God will help you shake that thing off. God will help you break that thing down so that you might be able to embrace all that God has for you. Because see, strongholds, they, they, they deceive us. They help us not to see what's, they, they, they show us that things are, are, are full of lies. But then ben, the other thing that, that, that strongholds do is they steal our focus. How much time have we wasted on a stronghold? You know what I mean? How much time in our mind have we obsessed? Some of you are more obsessive than others. I obsess sometimes about things. And, and, and I, 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 sometimes I get mad at myself that I've obsessed about something for so long that it's stolen my time. And I'm not getting that time back. It takes our focus and if you're struggling with focus, go listen to the sermons series I just did about rodeo clowns. Because that series will help you when you think about getting focused. The other thing that strongholds do is they cause us to feel, uh, they cause us to feel controlled. That there's something in our lives that's controlling us and it's not God. And we know it. And there's this, this part of us that's like, I just don't know what to do about that. 
Perhaps you've heard me share this illustration about the elephant before. You know, when they train elephants to stay where they're supposed to stay, they put a big old chain on the elephant. And they put that on him and he, he or she will sit there and they, they won't go anywhere because they know the big chain is there and they can't get the chain off. But over time, they just graduate or, uh, to a different kind of tactic. They change the tactic. And, and matter of fact, you might see an elephant sitting at a zoo one day and he's got like a little bitty rope around his leg. And he, he literally believes that the little bitty rope is holding him back. Come on, think about this. That little bitty rope is holding him back. Because see, what's happened is he started to be convinced that this thing is controlling him. But in reality, if he saw what was real, that elephant could snap that rope real easy and get on with the things that elephants do. Which I don't know exactly what they do, but they eat peanuts and shoot water at people. I don't know. But you see, my point is that we get, start to be controlled by something that doesn't have any power. It doesn't have anything over us. But yet that's the thing that starts to break us down. The other thing that strongholds to do is that they consume our emotional energy. Woo. You ever struggled with depression, anxiety, fear? Man. That stuff grabs hold of you and it just starts to steal everything. And I've figured out in my life, physical energy, like when you lose physical energy, that's hard. But I tell you, there's something about emotional energy that will, I mean, it'll just drop you. I don't know what it is exactly. I, maybe it's just the brain horsepower and your mind's overworking or whatever, but it just seems to take everything from you. And, and, and that's what happens is we, we start to deal with this energy loss in our emotions. And so we begin to struggle with all kinds of strongholds in our mind. It, it, it's, it's happening all around us. And so the other thing that a stronghold does is it distracts us from our purpose. Because <laughs> see, some of you already know. You're good. You've heard the gospel. You're saved and you're feeling good about yourself. You're like, I'm in, right? And, and so there's a part of you that's like, what else do I need to know? What else do I need to know? Because see, see, the stronghold also takes you from the purpose that God has given you. Because see, if the devil can get you convinced that the only thing you need to be concerned about is your eternal security, then that means you won't get out there and start working and bringing other people with you. Which is your purpose on this earth. That you would help populate heaven. And what happens is we forget our purpose. And that's what a stronghold can do starts to wrap you up and steal the joy of seeing somebody come to faith. Other things that strongholds do, finally, is this, is they rob us of the abundant life. I don't know if you know this, but Jesus wants to give you an abundant life. John 10.10 very clearly says that. What does that mean? I, I don't always know exactly what it means, but I guarantee you it's better than some of us are experiencing. It's much better and so Jesus wants to bless us in such a way that we move from striving to thriving. Yeah? So that we move to a place where we're actually thriving in our lives. We're, we're excited to get out of bed. We love what we're doing. We're doing the things that God has called us to do. And there's energy in us. Even if we're facing some of the darkest things in our life, we are able to enter into his joy because we have purpose and we've experienced the abundance that comes from God. It's so good. Listen to this in 2 Timothy 2.26. Paul is writing to Timothy, one of his, uh, 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 what well, you call him like a, his, his mentor-e. 
Yeah, he's, he's, he's under a mentor, and his mentor was Paul, and he's writing this to him, and he says, look at this. They will come to their senses and escape from the trap of the devil who has taken them captive to do his will. That word senses literally means to wake up. Like, it's, like, you just, like it's all of a sudden you just go, whoa, I, I see it. I've been deceived. I'm not going to stay under that anymore. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to begin to move towards the truth. I'm going to begin to do what God has called me to do. I'm no longer going to be under his, his stronghold in my life. I'm no longer going to let a rope hold me back. You get it? I don't know if you've ever heard the story. I mean, this is a real story about a young girl called Elizabeth Smart. And Elizabeth Smart was abducted from her house by some crazy religious fanatic. And he takes her out of her house by knife point. And he, he, he over a period of nine months, uh, just works that young girl over, rapes her constantly. I mean, it's just a horrible story. But one of the things is you listen to the story, she was eventually found. And, and she was literally 14 miles away from her house. You're like, what in the world? And one of the things that, that, I, that I noticed in the story is that they would literally take her out in public and she would not scream for help. They were in a library one time and a police officer walks in and Elizabeth doesn't scream. And I start to think about that. I start to think, what is it that's happening in that moment? There's all kinds of psychological stuff happening, right? I mean, pain and victim stuff and I mean, I mean, just trauma, right? But then when I think about our lives sometimes, it's like we could get free but we choose not to. We decide that, you know what, this is it. This is my lot. And that is exactly what the devil wants. Because see, the devil has power. The devil has power, but he has no authority. The only authority he has is the authority that you give him. That's important you see that. You have the authority to overcome these things. And so often we deceive ourselves and we don't understand that we have the authority because see, when we buy into the lie, we empower the liar. You've got to get free from this. You've got to see it clearly that God wants to get you to wake up and see that you can be free. I just want to be free. Don't you want to be free? I want to be free. I want everybody in our church, everybody in the city to be free, to be free because see, that's what God wants. God wants us to be free. So you might be asking at this point, how in the world do we do that? How is it that we're going to overcome these strongholds in our life? And I'm so excited to preach over the next few weeks about this because I believe God is going to break some strongholds in our church. I believe it. And I hope you'll pray with me as we move through this. Because, see, this is what I want. How do we do this? How do we get these strongholds out of our life? I just want you to say, can you commit with me to attend the next three weeks? Can you commit to see those messages be in worship and allow God to begin to stir and begin to show you where the lies are? Where are the things you've bought into? Where are the places in your life you're unwilling to cry out for help because you've believed a lie? Because you have given your authority over. Where is that? And how could God help you in that? So if you could commit yourself to the next three weeks. The other is, if you'll just give me, you know, sometimes you're like, give me a year. 
Give me a year and you'll be better. You know, I'm going to make it shorter. You give me a semester. Give me a semester of your life. This next fall, you give us a semester of your life and you fully engage and watch what God will do. He'll begin to break off strongholds you've never even seen before. And so what I want you to do is come to these three weeks, but I also want you to join a life group. This, this is important you see this. This entire uh, uh, fall, this entire semester, we are, we are doing something around here called life groups. And it's taking the content of what I'm about to tell you, and it's breaking it down into about 12 weeks. And if you'll give me 12 weeks... I believe God will do a work in your life that you've never, ever experienced. The things that have held you back for so long, you are going to get free from. That's what God's word says. And so if you give yourself to it, get signed up today. Go on the app, get signed up. Go out into the lobby, get signed up. Do something here because God is going to work. When you take a step of faith, God is going to meet you in that moment. And I believe he's going to do an amazing work. So go ahead and get signed up. Get signed up for a, a, a life group and radically confront the strongholds in your life and watch God help you get free. Watch it. He is going to release power into your life that you knew nothing about as you avail yourself to it. So get signed up. Get in a group. Come to each week and learn what God has for you. So this is, as we think about what to do, as we think about overcoming strongholds, here is the, 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 what I would call like the theme verse for today. And I'm going to break this down in a few minutes and then we'll be done. But look at this in the Gospel of Luke chapter 11. The Gospel of Luke chapter 11, starting in verse 21 through 22. And this is coming out of the message. So the language will be kind of a little different than maybe you're used to. But, but listen to this. Jesus is speaking. Get this. Jesus is speaking. He says, when a strong man armed to the teeth stands guard in his front yard, his property is safe and sound. Like there's a party. He's like, I'm not, I'm not going in that yard. One, he's big and he also has weapons. I'm out. I'm not going. But then watch this. This is so good. But, which I love that. I love that because, see, the but is providing a contrast. He says, but what if a stronger man comes along? Get your brain on that. What if a stronger man comes along <laughs> with superior weapons? That's the question. Well, I'm guessing that the stronger man with the superior weapons is going to handle that situation. And what, what, what Jesus is trying to say is as everybody's listening, he's saying, I'm that guy. I'm the stronger man. I'm the stronger man and I'm the one with the superior weapons. And the lie you've been believing, you got to listen up. And he goes on and he says, he says, then he's beaten at his own game. The arsenal that gave him such confidence is hauled off and his precious possessions plundered. Isn't that a good alliteration? His precious possessions are plundered. Oh, I like that. See, Jesus is that stronger man. He's able to overcome the things that, of this world. He's, over to, he's able to overcome the challenges that we face. And so I'm going to give you what I would call like, what do you call that? The cliff notes, right? I'm going to give you the cliff notes real quick, all right? I'm going to give you the cliff notes of what 12 weeks of life group is. In, in, in three points, 
I mean, come on, that's impressive. I'm going to give you three points today that are going to help you understand what the next 12 weeks will be if you'll give yourself to the life group. Because I believe God is going to help you overcome your strongholds. I believe it 100% if you'll put yourself under it. Here's the first thing that we have to do if we're ever going to overcome the strongholds in our life. And that is, number one, take back my thought life. If I don't ever learn to take back my thought life, I'm never going to be able to see what God's doing. I'm never going to be able to see the lies. I'm never going to be able to overcome the strongholds. Listen to this in Romans chapter 8, verse 5 and 6. So those who are dominated by the sinful nature or the flesh, he's talking about you and me. Yeah, he's talking about us. He says those, those that are dominated in this way think about sinful things. That's what he's saying. But those who are controlled by the Holy Spirit, okay, listen, God saves you before your salvation, you were dominated by the things of the flesh. You were dominated by the sinful nature. When God saves you, it says that your something shifts, that you begin to you begin to think about things differently. You begin to be controlled by the Holy Spirit, and you are thinking about things that what please the Spirit. That's what's happening. So there's a shift that's occurred. Then watch this. If your sinful nature controls your mind, there is death. Could it be put any more clear? And I know, it's like, that is so straightforward. But that's what it is, and you've experienced it. You know what it is to have your mind so consumed that all it leads to is death. It leads to no life. And and so he says, he goes on, he says, but if the Holy Spirit controls your mind, there is life and peace. I don't have to peddle that. If I said, hey, do you want life and peace? You'd say, yes, I want that. It's right here for you. But you have to learn to take your thought life back. You have to begin to understand that your thought life has an enormous amount to do with your success of overcoming strongholds. See, we've got to begin to control our thought life. Listen to this in Romans chapter 12, verse 2. It says, don't copy the behaviors and customs of the world. And if you're here today and that's your story, how's that working for you? Because I guarantee you it's not leading to more peace. It's not leading to it. You know it. If you're just honest, you know it. He goes on and he says this. He says, but let God transform you into a new person. Good, right? By changing the what? The way you think. He's trying to get us to see that the thinking is part of the battle. We have to understand that the war that is going on in our mind matters. See, we will never change our life until we change the way we think. We will never, ever change our lives until we change the way that we think. We've got to get this. That's number one. Number one. Number two is in overcoming strongholds. Number two is that we have to identify the lie. We have to find out where they are. We have to find out where the strongholds are in our life. And like today, we're, we're kind of dabbling in it. But over the next three weeks, I'm going to get real specific. And some of you are like, I'm not coming back. I get it. I understand. Maybe you're not willing to press into it. I hope and pray you do. Because I guarantee you, if you do, God will meet you there. If you'll have the courage to face down whatever that fear is. Because, guys, we are are only as sick as our secrets. The things that we hold, you know. 
And, and it's okay to have secrets. You just can't be the only one that has them. Or the only one that knows about them. You feel me? We all have secrets. But we have to have people in our lives that know what those secrets are. Because, see, those are the things that get us. Anything in the dark. Oh, nasty things grow in the dark, don't they? But the light comes in and exposes it. Heals it. I love that. Jesus is the light of the world. He heals the darkness. He heals the gross, dirty, nasty things that grow in the dark. God wants to do a work in your life if you'll let him. And so over the next three weeks, I'm going to press in. Next week, I'm going to talk about addiction, the stronghold of addiction. The, the, the next week after that, I'm going to talk about sexual, overcoming sexual stuff. And I know some of you are like, oh, no. And I'm just telling you in advance that will be PG-13. And so I encourage you to use our wonderful kids ministry during that. Don't get mad at me. Do not send an email to me because you didn't do it. That's on you. I'm just telling you, I have the courage to talk about it if you have the courage to show up. And so I'm going to help you in that area, I promise. But I want to deal with it because, see, our culture deals with it, don't we? I mean, come on. We've got to overcome. The church has to speak about these things. And so we want to overcome Addiction, we want to see sexual addictions overcome, and then finally, and, or strongholds, and we also want to see financial things in our lives be overcome. Because some of us are living well below what God would want for our lives. And I want to teach you some things that are going to help you overcome any kind of financial strongholds that you have in your life. And so we got to identify the lie, which we'll be doing over the next three weeks. But listen to this. John 8, says it this way. When the devil lies, he speaks his native language. For he is a liar and the father of lies. See, when we expose the lie, we defeat the liar. You get that, right? Like if someone's lying to you and you expose them, they have no more power. All they have is deny. You know, they're like, well, what are you talking about? That's not me. That's me. And you're like holding it to their face and you're like, that's you, man. And they're like, no, it's not me. But when you get it right there in their face, they can't argue with it. See, when you expose the liar, the power of the liar goes way out the door. And so that's what we've got to do. We've got to look at what's real. And then finally, I'll end with this. This is number three, is in overcoming strongholds. Number three is that we have to replace the lie with God's truth. We have to replace the lie with God's truth. Because see, this is something that we probably have heard. Maybe we've even said, but I don't know if we always live in it. And that is simply this, that nothing is bigger or more powerful than our God. Nothing. And I know that that's a simple statement. But it's true. There is nothing in this world that is more powerful or bigger than our God. And so the strongholds that we have, the addictions we have, the things that hold us back, all of it, all of it can be overcome by God. He is the one that can break the bondages. He is the bondage breaker in our lives. If we would just simply come to him and believe again that he has the ability to help us overcome these strongholds. Don't you believe that? Don't you believe that the God of the universe, the one that created all things, can help you overcome a stronghold in your life? Come on. Ephesians 6, 10 through 18. Well, I won't read all the way through 18. I'll just give you 10. Listen to this. Finally, be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. It doesn't say be strong in yourself. 
Doesn't. It says, be strong in the Lord and what? His mighty power. But look at this. He encourages us to do something. He says, put on the full armor of God, which in this passage he goes on to describe in detail. Okay? So that you can take a stand against the devil's schemes. Now that's verse 10. He goes on to describe all that. Then in verse 18, he ends this and see all of the weapons that are described to you in that passage are defensive weapons. But then in verse 18, verse 18, he gives you, at first it seems like one offensive weapon, but there's actually two. Look at this. Look at this. He says, take the sword of the spirit, which is an offensive weapon, right? The, which is the word of God, which is the word of God. And then he says, and do what? Pray. That's what he says. And pray. And so if you're looking for your offensive weapons, there are two. There are two offensive weapons. One is the word of God and the other is prayer. These are the weapons that God has given you. The, the Bible is very aggressive about this. It's using a, a, a warlike language to get you to see that you are in a battle. You are not going to just show up and say, hey, devil. I'd like it all back, please. It's not going to work that way. You're going to have to go to war. You're going to have to say, you know what? I'm taking that thought captive. I will no longer allow my mind to be destroyed by the liar. I'm not going to let it happen. I'm going to fight and I'm going to put the word of God in my life and I'm going to begin to see it and I'm going to begin to proclaim it over my life. And watch what God is going to do. Watch what God will do. You know, in the, in the lobby, uh, today, we have a book out there that I just want to, I just want to commend it to you. It's called Praying God's Word. It's by Beth Moore. We have it for sale. It's at cost for you today. So that you can begin to learn to pray the Word of God over your mind. To begin to take those thoughts captive. To begin to, to allow the Word of God to wash over you so that you might be able to know the things God is doing. That is what the sword of the Spirit does. And then we begin to pray. We pray because we pray to a God who, right, has no limitations. We pray to a God that is more powerful than anything. He is bigger and badder and can do anything in our situation. Nothing is too difficult for our God. Nothing is too difficult for our God. And so whatever it is that you're dealing with today, whatever it is that's holding you back, whatever stronghold that has a hold of you right now, our God is able. He is able to do what he says he'll do in his word. And so those strongholds have to come down when you speak with authority over the things in your life. Don't give the devil any more authority in your life. Begin to speak the word of God over those things. And here's the other thing I want to encourage you to do is let your faith start to rise. Over these next three weeks, just begin to believe again that God could do something. Sometimes what happens is he hasn't done it. And so we get tired and we get weary and we start to forget and we start to wonder if God is ever gonna show up. And I just wanna say to you today, get your faith up. Begin to lean in and begin to say to God, God, I need your help today. I'm leaning in. I need your help today, Lord, over this thing and that thing and this thing. You are more than able, God help us. Get your faith up, church. Get your faith up and watch what God will do. Man, I tell you guys, that's good stuff, isn't it? Amen. I want to pray for us before we end. Lord Jesus, I'm so grateful for your word. 
It's so good to be in your house. It's so good to be in this moment. Lord, and I know that there are people in this room that as I talk, they start to feel all kinds of guilt and shame, and it makes them want to crawl back in that dark hole. And I just pray right now in the name of Jesus that you would be their light. God, that you would be the hope that they need to see to be able to begin to reach for you, that they begin to reach for you in faith, that they begin to trust again, that they begin to believe again, that they know that you, without a shadow of a doubt, can do something in their life. And I don't know what it is for you today. I don't know where you're struggling. I don't know where the stronghold is, but I'm pretty sure you got one. God wants to help you with that today. And I want to be able to pray for you. I want to pray for you today that you, you could get free from that. And maybe it's going to happen today, or maybe it's going to happen over these next three weeks, or maybe it's going to happen over the semester. I don't know. But if you'll give yourself to a God that loves you, he will do what he says he's going to do. And so I'm going to pray for you now. God, I thank you for each of us in this room that are willing to just simply acknowledge that we've got some stuff that we need to give to you. I pray right now in the name of Jesus, by faith, that you would begin to break these chains off of some people. That the strongholds would begin to be exposed. That the lies would begin to get exposed. And that the truth of God's word would begin to work. And that people would begin to get free. God, we believe in faith that you're doing these things. Now, I also want to talk to somebody else in the room today. Maybe it's that you, you see you've got strongholds, but you, but you have no idea what a relationship with Jesus looks like. It's not something that's a part of your, your story. Maybe you're here at the church for the first time, or maybe, maybe you've been away for a long time. I don't know, but you would simply say, I don't really have a relationship with Jesus. Well, let me say something to you, and you need to hear me. You can't do it without him. You will never get free without him because you need his power. So the Bible says that Jesus came into this world to save us. It says, matter of fact, the Bible says that while we were yet sinners, Christ died for us. In other words, while we were in that state, he came because he loves us. No, no better picture of a man loving someone than that they would lay their life down for that person. And what we see in the cross of Jesus Christ is that Jesus Christ, the Son of God, who was with God at the beginning, at the creation of all things, came into this world as a baby, grew into a man, and ends up on a cross with a purpose, and that purpose was you. That you would find your way back to God. That is God's hope for you today. That you would embrace that and receive it. Because see, here's the story. Three days later, three days later, Jesus came off that cross, went into a tomb. Three days later, he beat death. He beat sin. He beat sickness and disease. He beat everything. And that's what he gives to you. All you have to do, the Bible says, is confess with your mouth and believe in your heart that it's true. And he will come in and he will begin to do what he does best. And all you have to do is say yes. All you have to do is say, Lord, I'm in. And so right now with heads bowed and eyes closed, I just want to ask you that question. Do you know that you know that you know that your relationship with Jesus has been settled and secure and that one day you'll spend eternity with him? 
And if you don't, I want to invite you to do something. I want to invite you to do something this morning. So what I'm going to do is on the count of three, I'm going to ask you to just be bold. I'm going to ask you to simply raise your hand. Nobody's looking around. Nobody's going to point you out. I just want to give you an opportunity to respond to the gospel. And so right now on the count of three, I want to invite you to, 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 to just, just lift that hand up with boldness. On the count of three, one, two, three. Go ahead. Lift them up. Lift them up. God bless you. God bless you. Come on. Lift them up. Good, good, good. I want to pray for you. You can go ahead and lift, put your hands down. I want to pray for you right now in the name of Jesus. If you lifted your hand, if you raised your hand today, I, I want to give you an opportunity to say this prayer. And so if you just repeat after me this prayer, I believe that God will save you today. So right now, just simply repeat this. Everybody's praying together. Nobody's praying alone in here. Let's all pray this prayer. Repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I need you. My sin has separated me from you. Will you save me? Will you be Lord of my life? I surrender again to you. Change me from the inside out. Give me purpose. Give me direction. I choose this day to follow you the rest of my days. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen.